In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Well, good morning and welcome to Belong. We're so glad that you're here with us. And it's been really cold this week here in Texas. That's why I'm wearing this um, sweater here and had the fireplace broken out this week. And Jenny made cookies. And we just had one morning is 22 degrees. And we were able to just like chill out. And Lenore wasn't working that day. Jenny didn't go to school that day. And um, we just had a great family time. And I'm sure wherever you're at, you had quite a bit of cold weather too, unless those people are watching another country. I have no idea what your weather was like. Nevertheless, it's been interesting around here. Thankfully, it hasn't been any sleeting and the ice and all the nastiness, but it's been pretty cold. But we have survived through it all. Here we are in the middle of November. If you can believe it, Thanksgiving is around the corner, and of course, Christmas is right around the corner yet from that, and then we'll be at New Year's, and it's kind of just pretty crazy about how everything is that just fastly just goes and just fast forwards through life. Well, if you have your Bibles with me, with you this morning, excuse me, I ask you to, to open to the book of Philippians, and we're going to get to the book of John in just a minute, but if you'll open up to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and look at this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. But I highlighted this, he who began a good work in you. And so this morning, today, what we're going to be looking at is the work. When the work began and to begin a work inside of you. But I love the first part of this says being confident of this. And we've been looking at the word faith, which means to be persuaded and to have confidence. So think about your confidence that is here. Hey, I have faith. I have confidence. I can be persuaded. What? That he who began a good work in you, will carry it on. But he, the he that is there, is he, God. See, he started this thing. This isn't about you doing your own life. This isn't about me doing my own life. This is about he who began a good work in you. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you. See, God is speaking here, says, declares the Lord, for I know. Now, I say this quite often, but it says, for I know, says the Lord. That doesn't mean that we know. In fact, we have to go and discover what that plan is. It doesn't just come naturally. It is something we spend a lot of our life and a lot of our energy trying to figure out what that is. And as we do that, we see that God has a plan. 
He says, the plants I have for you, man, they're great. They're wonderful. Look at this. They're plants to prosper you and not to harm you. Plants to give you hope and a future. See, God has this great plan that's laid out. And then we see in Philippians, he says, I have begun this work inside of you. And he's faithful to complete it. See, just like building a house, having plans is great. And it's also necessary. I grew up in a house where my dad is a builder and, you know, my mom would draw out plans for how she wanted this thing going in the house and this addition and this change and this remodel and this, 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 and this, this. And my dad would get gigantic plans even from the architect for the great big house he's going to build next or the commercial building. And he would work on those things and he would look at all the details and, and my dad could write it down to how many two-by-fours you were going to have. He would be able to tell you how many nails you're going to have to have all this stuff, because all of that came from the plans. See, God says, I've got a great plan for your life. And we can roll it out there. We have to discover it, but we can roll it out there and see what it is that he has planned for us. Our future, even as a church, our next step is actually getting plans drawn for what we're going to do. And God's dropped it into my heart for the building that we're going to have. And, and, and how it's going to work and how it's going to support itself financially and how we're going to do it like completely backwards in what most people build a church and how it's working and, and how it's functioning. So our next plan is actually to draw the plans. I've got it all laid out, but I know that the next thing is to actually work with the architect to lay out the vision into plans. And as we're approaching December, I will tell you that one of the things I learned from Dr. Kennedy at North Church, and I want to again, every year I say the same thing, don't wait till January to put your plans in order. Don't wait until it's already the first of the year, but start working on what your goals and your plans, your New Year's resolutions, if you will, but write your plans after you pray. And ask God, of course, hey, what is it I want to do? What is it I want to accomplish in 2020? And, and I love 2020. Of course, it's the numerical year. But when we hear 2020, we think about seeing clearly. And I, can, and I have 100%. So one of the things I'm asking God for is that I'll be able to see clearly every single thing that we have. And I encourage you to take this step as well, to, to work on drawing your plans out and saying, God, what is it you have for me in 2020? So then January 1, you hit the ground running. But you see, the plans that God has drawn for us, for I know the plans, Jeremiah 29, we just looked at. See, it's this whole thing, this masterpiece that is your life. And very often as I walk through my week and talking with different people, I talk about the different things of how God has a plan for your life. And you're not just here by accident, but you're here on purpose for a purpose. Look at this in Psalm 139, verse 16. It says, your eyes saw, talking about God, your God, I saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. In other words, another place in the Bible says that God knows the total number. He knows our, our first breath and he knows our last breath here on this earth. He says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. God's got a book with your name on it. 
And he's got his plans all in there, which just kind of blows our mind to think about all the millions of people that there are on the earth today, the millions that have been through all the ages, and yet he knows everything about me. He knows everything about you. And it says, all the days of your life were written. Look at this. Before one of them came to be. Before even one day it came to pass, God says, man, I've already got this book written for you. I've got your entire plan mapped out. But you see, we we often talk about that God has a great plan and a great book and it's written in there, but we sometimes add some chapters to that book that God did not have planned and and he's so gracious and patient and he certainly knew all of those things that we were going to do that were contrary to the, the things that he's writing in. But I love that he has all of this written down before even one of my days came to pass. The next verse says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. Can I ask you a question? Do you have that understanding? Do you have that revelation inside of you that how precious are God's thoughts about you? Have you ever thought about what God thinks about you? See, most of us would, would say, oh, God's looking at all the bad things that I've done, and, and if I walk in and God's there, I'd be like, oh, man, he knows all the bad things, but no, How great and how precious, how sweet, how wonderful are your thoughts. Look at this. How vast is the sum of them. Man, God, you you just love me so much and you think about me so much and your thoughts towards me are, are not about negative and shaking your finger at me, but it's like, man, I've got these great plans for you. I have this great desire for your life. Look at a little bit before that in Psalm 139, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? And by the way, if you didn't know, Psalm 139 is one of my favorite verses. And this is one of those that I had to memorize in high school, the entire thing. And and I just love this. It's, It's like poetry to me. It's just, it's so beautiful. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Look at this, verse 8. If I ascend up into heaven, hey, You are there. Man, if I'm at the top and I'm having everything's working like every red light I come up to, it turns green right as I get there. Every time I step out, man, it is there. It's perfect. Everything is just working out exactly like I would want it to be. Man, I am just floating on a cloud. You're there. You're with me in the good times, God. And it's you who's enabled those good times. But look at this. But if I make my bed in hell, uh, hold on, time out. Look at this. If I make my bed <coughs> in hell, behold, you are there. See, I can walk outside of God's book. I can walk outside the chapters that he's written for me, and I can actually let everything go that when I look at and find myself at rock bottom, I'm like, man, this is hell. Some people actually say, I'm going through hell this week. Of course, it's not literal hell, but if you're going to heaven, this is the most hell you're going to have. This is the closest thing to hell you're going to experience. And yet many people, will say, look, 
even if I make, I make some mistakes, I miss it, I blow it royally. If I make my bed in hell, I love this. You are there. He's not over here going, oh, I don't see what's going on over there. Man, you really miss it. Oh, I can't believe you. In fact, the story of the prodigal son is the father is standing out on the porch looking. He sees his son coming from afar off. And this is a message coming up. And this is like burning it deep inside of me. It's coming out. And you'll hear this again in a few weeks. But he doesn't go and say, man, I told you you'd miss it. I told you you'd squander. What'd you do with everything and money? What did you, how'd you go? Where, where's my money? What did you, he didn't say any of that stuff. He ran to him and he threw his arms around him. How great are his thoughts. If we can go back to Philippians 1, verse 6. He who began a good work in you. Who is that? Who is the he? It's God. See, God has a plan for you. He has everything written in a book for you. But let me ask you a question. When did he, God, begin? When did he do this? When did this great plan begin? When did God begin this plan for you? It was at the decision point when you asked Jesus into your life. It was the moment that you had the uh, knelt at an altar or you were listening to a podcast like this or watching a YouTube video, and you came to that place and you said, God, I can't do this by myself anymore. I'm just writing way too many chapters in this book that you have that is my life than what you have for me. It's that decision point that you come to and say, God, I need you. I'm going to now yield control of my life up to you. See, it's that moment that you ask Jesus into your life. That moment, now here's a big word, and it's kind of scary even kind of to think about, but that moment when you surrender, trying to do it all by yourself. That moment that you say, God, I surrender all. That moment that you realize that doing it by yourself, being a self-made man, being a self-made woman, being the one who tries to determine and chart and navigate your life isn't working out very well. Look at this. Psalms 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. And we talk about the church but can I tell you, that's about your house too. That's about my house. Unless it's the Lord's plans. If it's not God's plan that he has for me, man, I'm just laboring in vain. I'm going to end up like the parable Jesus talked about where the house was built on something that wasn't concrete. It wasn't of a good foundation. And when the storms of life came, it was just destroyed and went everywhere. Unless it's God's plan, unless the Lord is building the house, I'm going to labor in vain and you're going to labor in vain. 
But God has a plan. He's already begun that work if you've asked him into your life. And if you haven't, not to worry, there's an opportunity coming up in just a few minutes that you can take that first step. But what if I've made that that decision, Pastor Kevin, and I've prayed that prayer, and yet I find myself today far from God. I find myself after having surrendered my life to God that I kind of kept writing some other chapters that God didn't have in there. He's faithful. He's just. His mercy is new every day. New every morning. He's there with his hand outstretched to say, hey, I'm going to help you back up. I got a plan. I'm going to figure this out. We're going to get out of this. He always has a way out. Say that again. God always has a way out. So as you're watching and as you're listening to this, I just want to look right into the camera and tell you, No matter what your life looks like right now, no matter how bad you think that it is, God has a plan for you, and he has a way out from, you might even say, I found myself, I find myself in that place that I would call hell. I recently talked to someone who said that their life was so bad and so there's nothing good in it that they were ready to take their own life. Not just one person, multiple people. See, this isn't just one person who goes through this. This isn't just you that say, say hey, you know, man, I had a bad week and I don't, I don't think this is all working out very well. No, it's not just you, but we all face this. See, in John 10, 10, you knew I was going to get there. If you know anything about me, you know. We're going to get to John 10, 10, because it's my favorite verse for the church, and, and this should be the whole foundation of our church. But it says, Jesus is talking here. He goes, man, the thief is coming only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if you would say, my life is just a shambles, my life is a wreck, I should probably just take my own life. There's nothing worth living for. That's the thief whispering in your ear. That's the thief saying, hey, I'm trying to steal everything from you. I'm trying to destroy everything that you touch. And I even want to kill you by having you kill yourself. But I love this. Jesus doesn't just leave it there because that's a bleak place and that's where many people find themselves. But look at another side of that. It says, but I have come. Jesus is saying, I have come there. You don't have to stay in that world. And and I often describe it as this. There's two different places here. One that's gonna steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. What does life to the full look like? May I suggest to you it doesn't look like anything you've ever experienced. It likely doesn't even mean anything that you could even imagine. Another scripture says that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or even think. That's who God is. That's 
why Jesus came. Not only did he come to pay for my sins, so I didn't have to, but he came that I could have life to the full. That's just the most amazing thing to me. But I want you to imagine a scenario with me that you're building a house, like I talked about my dad building and my mom laying out plans and the architect laying out plans, and and there's a house to be built. There are plans laid out there. There's a schedule. Hey, we're going to, you know, clear the land. We're going to get the, the pad ready. But then you, you, you walk up to the builder and say, you know what? I'm not ready to put in the foundation just yet. You know what that builder's going to look at you and go? It's going to hold up the whole process. What do you mean you're not ready to put in the foundation? What do you mean you're not ready to to get all the the stuff cleared out so you can start building on this place? Well, what about the plans? Look how great it's going to be. And yet that's what we do very often. See, the work is slowed if you say, man, I'm not ready to put in the foundation. So what am I talking about when it comes to God? Unless God's building the house, unless we're going by His plan then we're going to keep slowing the work down. We talk often about reading the one-year Bible, about your first 15 minutes of the day that you, you spend five minutes worshiping, five minutes praying, and five minutes reading your Bible. Man, the first 15 minutes, giving the first of your day to God. We, we talk about giving and, and giving of ourselves. And it's not about the church getting money. It's about what God wants to do inside of you. There's many foundation things. And in fact, in the ingredient series that we did several months ago, we go over all of these different things and certainly not exhaustive. But there's many, many different things. But we have to be willing to put in the work. Unless the Lord is the one building your house. So this morning, I want to ask you a question. Who's building your house? Please bow your heads with me. You see, God has a great plan for you. But those plans are going to sit there on his great design table until you're ready ready to take that first step. Until you're ready to allow those builders to come in and start working and taking those steps to make some changes. Not what I'm going to tell you to do, certainly not. See, it's not about joining this or any church. It's not about rules or regulations. But it's about that plan that God has. It lays waiting on you. See, it begins by asking God to come into your life. And today I want to invite you to begin with that very first step. Maybe you've walked away and it's, it's taken that step to come back. If that's you, I just simply want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, God in heaven, I want to begin a relationship with you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today, I accept Jesus as my Savior. I ask you to forgive me 
in all of my mistakes. I choose your life to the full. Here's that big word. I surrender my will and everything to you. I ask you to lead me in your ways. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today I give you my life. Father God, I just thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time. And Lord, your word says that all of heaven rejoices when one person makes that first step. Lord, I can't imagine the party that's going on right now up in heaven for everyone having done. Lord, I thank you for the plans that you have for us, the great plans you have set for us. And Lord, that we can continue to walk in your ways. Lord, help us to build our house by your plans. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you took that step, I want to ask you to take another step. And that is simply to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. Text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. And for those of you that are are watching and, and you feel God's doing something in your life, we want you to send us a testimony. We want to hear just what God's, we want to hear from you. We see all the different points on the map where somebody is watching or listening, and we want to hear from you. And, and I want to encourage you to invite somebody to be a part of this journey with you. Last week, I talked about uh, an invitation plus one to bring someone along this journey with you. Maybe you want to take a copy of the URL or send them a, a link and say, hey, I want you to listen to this message that I just heard from this crazy pastor in Dallas, Texas. We'll talk about it later. It's a great thing to take someone on that same journey with you. And lastly, if you want to be a part of the financial success, the financial runway I've been saying lately uh, for this church, you can simply go, and it's at the bottom of your screen, to givetobelong.com give to belong.com and there's an options there if you can do your tithes and your offering and tithes of course is 10% of what you have and we'll be talking about that in the coming weeks because we're heading into our legacy season another way you can do it is much easier is even to use the text to give and that's the number 4694107788 simply the first time text give to that number 469 469- Four one zero seven seven eight eight, and then it's just going to ask you a few things. And once you do that one time, after that, all you have to do is put the amount you want to send and donate to the church, and immediately goes through, and you get a receipt and all that good stuff. And we'll be sending out it as crazy as it is. The end of the year is right here on us. We'll be sending out the receipts for everyone's charitable giving. Well, if you will, let's just turn our heart to God and just close the service. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, I thank you what you're doing in me. And Lord, I thank you that what you're doing to build your house that is belong church, but Lord, not just the church by itself, but Lord, each one of us individually that is your church. Not the building church, but the people church. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the honor. And Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone who's sending in their prayer requests, Lord, and, and we agree with them, Father. And for the people that are taking that next step, Father, for having said that prayer, Lord, they're going to take the next step in the journeys, Father. 
for the growth track coming up at the beginning of the year. And Lord, for everyone who paid their tithes and their offerings this week, God, I just speak a blessing over them. Lord, I just thank you how you're changing their world around by plugging in and getting into your plans. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 